And let's 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 pray for Marcel. Father, we thank you just for your your presence here with us this morning. Lord, we can do nothing without you. We are nothing without you. But Lord, in, in you we can do all things. And so we just pray this morning, Holy Spirit, for just your anointing upon upon Marcel as he stands up and he, and, and he presents your word. Lord, it's you that you would be it would be you speaking through him. Um, Lord, we pray that you would you would confirm your word with signs following that you would you would work in power in each of our hearts this morning as you already have been doing in jesus name we pray amen good morning am i loud enough there we go um it's been a while I think the last time I preached was towards the end of last year. Here I am. <laughs> um, it's always good to share God's word and just also just to share a lot just in terms of what God is doing in my own life, um, which I find is always in season for many, for a, a lot of us. And um, if I could sum up today's preach in one word, it would be excitement. So I'm really excited to share this word. I really feel God is wanting to speak, and He's already been speaking through um, from the prayer, from the, the worship, and just from the words that were shared this morning. So I hope we're all awake. I hope um, I can uh, sound loud enough for you to stay awake. And uh, just pray. I pray that God would... would um, speak and that you would receive and that you would really take something from this morning's message. So the title of my message this morning, you know me, I have one slide um, and then I do have the scriptures that will go up as well. But the, the title of my preach this morning is, What Are We Building? I'm glad it managed to just fit in from the screen on top here. Um, so that, that is the title of my preach, and it's something that I felt like God was saying to me towards the end of last year, and kind of the season that I'd been going through, and kind of transitioning out a little bit at the moment. But to kind of describe the season a little bit, it was a season of um, a lot of struggle, a season where I felt like I could not get a break, um, a season of little to very little and then trying to be faithful in it. Um, and I hope I'm not alone in the season uh, that I've just described. But I felt like God was challenging me and said this to me. Um, when will I be ready to go deeper with him, to build a deeper relationship than what I had been doing at that time? Um, you know, was I waiting for myself to be in a good season where it's a season of plenty and then kind of be in the right um, headspace and spaciousness to go, okay, God, I'm going to try and push in with you and build my relationship with you. Or was I waiting for the, the massive list of things that were all upside down in my life, chaos, um, you know, for all of those things to kind of get to a place where I felt like it was good enough that I could breathe long enough to push in with God and have a relationship with Him? Or was it a case of the season that I found myself, which was complete desert, um, you know, through the struggle, through the pain, 
through the chaos, through um, everything seeming uncertain, will I in that season choose to sacrifice, choose to make it a good habit and a discipline to build my relationship with him and go deep with him and, and build a deep well? So uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a musical interlude there. Um, so that's, that's what I decided to do towards the end of the end of last year. I decided that the season that I was in, I was going to choose to sacrifice to build a good habit and discipline and build my relationship with God. And um, And just thinking about it, have I always gotten it right? Because sometimes we put pressure on ourselves, you know, when we, we say we're going to do something and we commit, and then when it, it doesn't always go the way we want, we start to put pressure on ourselves and start to feel, you know, like maybe, you know, it's it's not going the way it hopes. But, you know, so I haven't. I haven't always kind of got it right. But the overall big picture is still in place, and it's still the kind of road that I'm moving forward in. You know, so some days I will, I'll have great times with God and other days I find little pockets within the day to really connect with them to make sure that I'm always connected. Um, but can I say that since since I did that towards the end of last year and coming into this year, by doing that, a lot has happened in my life because of God. Um, you know, one of the things was God telling me to trust in His plan and not try to make my own plan. And uh, it came at a time where finances all around was, was pretty much dire, personal, business, and I had no clue what was going to happen at the end. I think it was February. At the end of February, what was going to happen? But I felt like God said to me in the midst of that, either you're going to trust in me or you're going to try and make your own plan. And when he said that to me, I distinctly remembered the other time that he had said that to me when I was going through a major crisis. And it was the time, just a brief summary, Kiba was born and the company that I was in was going down, was going um, under. And everyone was told they need to bail ship. So I decided, okay, I'll join the rest. And we all went after the meeting, started looking for a job. Um, and I got to the second job and I was looking through the second job and I felt, suddenly felt like God said to me, either you're going to trust in me or you're going to make your own plan. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient and I'll stop looking. And to cut a long story short because of time, um, God led me to stay with the company, even though everything was uncertain, to stick with the guys that own the company and just walk the road with them. Despite everyone else thinking I was completely mad, and every day they would send me job offers to say, please, just have a backup plan. I felt like God was saying to me, trust me. And I, I obeyed even though I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. From there, God led us into a period of three years where the business had done the best it had ever done in the longest time. It was just a time of just overflowing, time of just plenty and not having to worry and then we went from three years of that to three years of complete desert. And uh, it was 2019, 2020, 2021. And it's not like I could blame it all on COVID because it happened and started in 2019. And then from 2019 going to 2020, I was like, okay, 2020 is going to be a good year. 
it landed up being on the same shelf as 2019 and so did 21. And, um, you know, so not only having to experience this kind of business really suffering, you know, we experienced COVID, we experienced riots, we experienced floods, and I was thinking about it like, man, can Durban take any more, you know? And, and I felt like it's almost like Durban wants to be known to the world as the most resilient city in the world because of how much we've had to endure. Um, so in amidst not knowing what I was going to do um, at the end of that month and just feeling like God was telling me to trust in him, I met with Donnie and kind of was explaining the situation to him because I like to regularly um, connect with him to stay accountable. But while we were talking and I was telling him, like, I have no clue what I'm going to do at the end of this month, but I just feel like this is what God is saying to me. As, I was, as we were chatting, God gave me this picture. And this picture was of me jumping off a cliff backwards. And uh, at, at least when you jump forwards, you can see where you're going to land up. But uh, backwards, you can't see until you kind of flop over and you're looking down and you're kind of staring where you're going. Um, but I felt like God was saying to me, just jump backwards off this cliff, free fall, and let go. And uh, it's something that I've been feeling like since he told me that, I've been feeling it strongly. Let go. Let go of everything that you feel like you need to hold on to. Let go because I will catch you. And uh, just to share a little bit, for the last three years of this kind of desert period, I've experienced some of the most extreme anxiety and stress just around finances and being so involved in the business. Um, I just experienced this towards the end of every month. And when I was chatting to Donnie and when he gave me this picture of letting go, I just, in that moment, I chose to let go of that anxiety and that stress. And for the first time in three years, I felt like I was being set free. I felt like I let go of that and he just gave me that peace. And it was so amazing and I left there feeling really encouraged, still not knowing what was gonna happen. Um, but I chose to let go. And when I did and let God take control, can I say that in a miraculous way, God came through. Like, I can't even explain it. It still blows my mind, but he came through. And, um, yeah, I wish I wish we had all day, and I shared everything, but I don't. So I'm going to move on. Um, but the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us. And there was a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, I can't take credit for it, but I thought it was amazing, so I put it in my preach. Um, but the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us. So in line with the theme, the book that I kind of want to center on this morning is the book of Hagar. Why Hagar? And I asked myself the same question, but it was about, I think, about a month and a, a, month and a half ago. I was dreaming and I was about to wake up and in my dream, this person who I cannot even remember who it was said to me, go and read Hagar. And then I woke up. So that was the only thing that was really clear to me was to go read Hagar. So for whatever reason, I didn't read it that day. I decided to read it the next day. And um, read through, it's, it's 
a very short book. So I read through both chapters and um, Haggai 1 was just a confirmation of, of what I'd felt towards the end of last year and even more strongly going into this year. Um, and it's, it's been amazing because all these things that I've been going through and walking through and God teaching me and showing me and speaking to me and just in terms of the preachers that have been preached in this local body throughout this year thus far, it's been amazing to see the thread that God has been weaving through every single one of the preachers. And what he's doing is he's making it clearer and clearer in terms of what he wants to speak to us about. Because God is speaking, but he, what he's wanting is he's wanting those to be able to hear with spiritual ears. Um, because like I said, he's speaking very clearly. And um, that is my heart and my prayer this morning, that something in you would shift. Something would change and you would be forever changed. Because like I said, God is speaking specifically in this year to all of us. Not just me, not just some of us, all of us. And uh, the title in my Bible for Haggai 1 is this, a call to build the house of the Lord. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zubril, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but you never have your full. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What brought you home, I blew away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains ruined, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else in the ground produces on people and livestock and all the labor of your hands. So the challenging question that we need to say to ourselves this morning is, whose house are we or have been building? Verse 2 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Have we been convincing ourselves that as soon as things come right, as soon as we're able to make those things in our lives that seem chaotic, seem upside down, in a better place, then we will try and push in and build our relationship deeper with God. Verse 5, you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your full. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Have you been for years trying to get your house, trying to get your life, trying to get your finances in order? Have you been trying to make your own plan, trying to just 
do something to get that breakthrough so that you're not feeling this financial pressure. I have. That's been me. And I hope many of us, are, otherwise I'm alone. Um, you know, verse 9, you expected much, but see it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. That's amazing. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and pretty much everything else the ground produces on the people and livestock and all the labor of the hands. Has God been trying to get your attention? Has he been speaking, but we've just chosen not to hear with spiritual ears? Have we been so focused on putting our head down and just hitting that grind and trying with all our might to find ways to get those, those breakthroughs, to get that income coming? Because only then only I feel like I have the capacity to build with God. Like, God, please help me, help me push, help me to sow. You know, God is speaking clearly, as I said. And as mentioned before, I really feel this is a word in season. Like I said, I've noticed with the preachers being preached throughout this year, God is saying the same thing. Put him first. Build his house first. Have we been responding? Have we been listening? Have we been doing it and actioning it? That is the question. And why do I say this? Um... You know, because most of the preachers have been looking at Jesus and the way he lived his life. And Jesus spent time with God. He prayed, he fasted, and he did everything that his father did. Um, and the most mind-blowing thing, when, when Donnie was preaching last, and he was talking about how Jesus trusted God, even though he knew what the outcome was, he chose to obey and trust God to the very end. You know, usually when somebody says, trust me, you believe that they're going to take you to a different place and not put you in harm's way and not have you walk through harm. Um, that's why you trust them. But if you knew someone was saying, trust me, but we're about to go through, the, through a dark valley, not many of us would want to follow that person into that dark valley, but Jesus did. And... Um, the reason why Jesus did what he did and he obeyed God and he trusted God was because continu he continuously built his father's house first. Um, in Matthew 6 verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Build God's house first. In Matthew 22 verse 37 to 38, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the first and greatest command. Above everything and anyone else, build God's house first. Love him with all that you are. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, talks about the wise and foolish builders. In verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Mike mentioned this in his preach. And the reason why I remember is as he said those words, build your house upon his rock, on the rock, God gave me this revelation. And the thing that I became clear to me is that rock, that solid rock, that firm foundation is us building God's house first. And it's represented in Jesus, our rock. But that needs to be in place. It needs to be that firm foundation in order for us to build our house on top of that rock. We need to build this house first so that it's solid. It's not going to crumble and break and turn into sand. And that is the only way we can build our house and withstand whatever we face because we know that that foundation is firm. So just to end off Haggai 1 in verse 12, we see the outcome and what happens. It says, Then Zubril, son of Shatil, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest and the whole remnants of the people, obeyed the voice of the, the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zubril, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedach, um, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. On the 24th day of the sixth month, they decided to stop what they were doing, trying to build their own houses, and they chose to start being obedient and build God's house first. Whose house are we building? So as we move on to Haggai 2, just to say, so what I'm sharing to you in terms of Haggai 1 and Haggai 2, it's my personal experience and what I personally took from these scriptures when I read it and would strongly encourage you, go and read it. The book of Haggai only has two chapters and they're very short chapters, but read them because God wants to say something to all of us. And, you know, and I'm really excited to, to hear feedback um, after you've read it and what you feel like God is saying to you through those books. Um, so chapter 2, again, in my Bible, is entitled The Promised Glory of the New House. It says, In the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zubril, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Josedach, jo the high priest and the remnants of the people. Ask them, who of you has left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zubril, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth. Some of the words that we sang this morning. The sea and the dry land, I will shake all nations. And what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. 
And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. In chapter 2, um, we see the results, as I said, of what happened when the people started building God's house first. Um, and something that I had already been feeling in myself, and I hadn't shared this to anyone. So something that I felt like God was saying to me, I didn't share it to anyone. And um, it was this. He was reminding me of those three years where I experienced plenty and I experienced such a good season. And what I felt like God was saying to me is that he's going to do it again. He's going to, to do it again, but it's going to be in a greater measure. And like I said, when he said that to me, I didn't share it to anyone. I kind of kept it to myself. And the first person I shared that to was a, a close friend of mine. We were having coffee and it was only because he shared the story to me first. And in John, it's in John chapter 21. Uh, this is when Jesus died and was resurrected and he was seeing his disciples. And it said, afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana <laughs> in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into a boat, and that night they caught nothing. Um, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? And they answered, no. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it, he wrapped his outer garments around him for he had taken it off, jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, but a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. I don't know about you, but you kind of hear the story, and it kind of sounds like you've heard it before. It sounds similar to you. It did to me. And uh, the reason why is because it had happened once before. And we read this in Luke chapter 5. One day, and this is when Jesus first encountered Simon Peter and the rest of them. And he says, as, as one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gisenerat, I hope I said that right, the people were crowded, crowded around him and uh, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets and got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who is Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And so Peter replies, Simon Peter replies, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Here we see two similar encounters because they have similar series of events that took place. Both, they threw out their nets, both, they caught many fish. But 
the difference between the two encounters was those involved were different. Simon Peter was different the second time to who he was the first time. Um, we see that Simon Peter, it says in verse 11, Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. It didn't say Simon Peter and all the others came and dragged the net ashore. It says Simon Peter did that by himself. So he had some, something come over him that he was able to have the strength to pull that net ashore. Um, because it even said in verse 6 that um, when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Another thing to take note is that the second time the net did not break as it did the first time. Because uh, it said, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Can I say, when, I, when that, I had that dream and that person told me to read Haggai and I read it, this was long after I'd had that coffee with my friend and he told me the story and it just confirmed to me what God was telling me about how he was going to do what he did again. So this was just like another reconfirmation of what God's been telling to me personally. But I know that the thing that's different between that time and this time is who I am. Because of the fact that through the hardship, through that pain, I chose to sacrifice and to build God's house first. I'm going to try not to cry. Um, <laughs> I've been doing well this, this time. I even prayed and said, Holy Spirit, please, just let me get through this, this morning, please. Um, but in that hard season, I chose to be obedient. I chose that even though I don't have the energy, I don't have the will, I'm not most probably going to get excited pushing in with God. It's going to be hard work and sacrifice. I chose to do that. And even through this transitional season where I'm starting to see a little things happening, I've been faithful and I've been building his house first. And I know when he does it again in a greater measure, and I go through a different season where it's a good season, I know that I'm building his house first. Because seasons will come and go, friends, and things will be forever changing. But the thing that needs to remain constant in our lives is building his house first. Because when we do that, we know where our foundation lies and where um, who, who is the center of it all. You know, and I can be honest that the first time it happened, when finances aren't an issue and everything's easy, God becomes less and less of the main priority, the main focus. We start to put our reliance in the business. We start to put reliance in, in, in clients and customers and, and, and other things. And, um, and all we kind of do is like, hey, God, it's, it's great. God, keep blessing me. You, you're like, I've, I've got such favor in your eyes. And it's, it's amazing. And then when you go into the desert, it's like suddenly your, your talk starts changing. God, like, where are you? Like, why haven't you taken me into the green pasture? Like, I, I think I've been here long enough. Take me out. You know, like, where are you? We get frustrated. We get angry with God. We feel like he's, he's left us. Friends, God is saying, 
clearly and 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 that's what i've been praying even before the service that we would listen with spiritual ears because god is speaking to most probably all of us not only here not only online but every single person that's living on this planet that we call home earth god is saying the same thing build my house first um because like i said when we do that we have it as our firm foundation that we can then build our house upon that we can face things why because then we can truly trust god when he is our foundation we can trust in his plan and not try and make our own plan um in jeremiah 9 verse 11 most of us know this it says for i know the plans i have for you it was prayed this morning about god's plan God has amazing plans for all of us. He has plans to do things in a greater measure than he did before. He has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. And even just that fact, I want to hold on to that, that he's got plans to give me a hope and a future. Don't wait for your life to be in a different place. Don't wait for yourself to get to a good season because you most probably will find if you go into that good season, it's going to be even harder to try and build this house first than the season that you might find yourself currently in. Don't wait for your life to get to some kind of order. Yes, you might not have the energy and the time, but push in with him because he sees your heart. Even if it's two minutes a day, push and say, God, I want to build your house first. Read one scripture and then go on your day. God is looking for soft hearts this morning he's looking for people that are willing to hear and to receive and take action and you will if you be faithful with the little things god will do more so if you've only got that two minutes just do it i encourage you you might not always get it right but just god sees the heart and he will lead you to deep waters he will start to reveal things to you even in those two minutes god will speak to you about something guaranteed he is calling us to build his house because, like I said, what he wants to do, he wants to do something again that he did before. Remember those times where you saw his favor and his blessing. He wants to do it again. But he wants us to be different. He wants us to be changed. And what he does is he, he needs us to need him. That is the only way we'll be able to go through what we need to go through, experience what we need to experience, Him to give you that overflowing if we remain in Him and that doesn't change. Amen. I hope everyone is blessed. I don't know if Craig wants to say something before yeah, I pray. Before, not, before my soul runs away, I'd like to get myself to pray, but let me get my mask off here. So... Um, you know, sometimes it feels that God's got our number. <laughs> I feel God had a, has our number this morning. And, and it's just a, a, something of a thread of what's gone through the, the meeting and how Karen just shared the word about God's there wanting to move in power, but we're the guys who can stop him. And let's not be that. And just, just am, am I, there we go, that's better. And and just just the fact that it's like, God calls us out by name, and we can sometimes think, well, these words, that's words for someone else.
but but I feel that God, this word is for all of us this morning, and it's something we can get excited about. It's like God, do this again, do it again. But it, but God is saying, you, you need to do it. You need to take the step of faith. You need to uh, allow me to do something different. And and some and and as Marcel was just saying, how it's not the convenient time. But, but when we are empty, when we've got nothing left, that means when God moves, it's all him and none of us. So I just feel that God is, is stirring our faith this morning, that we would go and, and not say, well, I'm weary, I'm tired, I've tried that before, let's do it again, let's throw the net out, let's do it in faith, let's do it that he might be glorified. Will you pray for us this morning? It's just, just, uh, just as Marcel, it's like we can catch his catch something of what God has done in this man's life and let's let's allow let's allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to each of our hearts I didn't even have to ask you to stand and you've stood <laughs> um, yeah like I said friends like just this is something that God's been kind of leading me through towards the end of last year and like I said just this is just one of the things that God's been speaking to me showing me there's other things, but I really felt that this was relevant to what he's wanting to do right now. And uh, can I say, it's something that's exciting. It's exciting. Like I said, when you choose in yourself, like Karen said, choose to take that first step. And it's not like you have to run a marathon and sprints. Like God is just saying, just even if you just stand up and stretch your muscles in him, just stretch it for a little bit each day. He'll take that, and he'll start to use that. And uh, as I said, please, that most importantly, I pray that we would just have the ears to hear what he's trying to say, because he is. He's speaking clearly because of what he wants to take each and every single one of us through. He's got exciting plans. He's got amazing things that's going to blow your mind. But he needs us to be building his house first in order to be able to go through that. So, Father, we just come before you this morning. What an amazing time of just worshiping you in song, um, just hearing the words that have been coming through, the prayers that have gone forward this morning. And um, I ask that this word would not return void. I pray that this word would go forth and people would meditate on it, people would take hold of it and read the book of Haggai, and that you would speak to them what you want to say through that book to people. I pray that you would knit hearts this morning. I pray that you would just give us just a renewed freshness in our spirits to know that overall we can let go because you're in control. Lord, I pray that many of us would just jump off the cliff backwards and know that you're going to catch us, know that you have a plan to prosper us and not to harm us, a plan to give us a hope and a future. I ask that you would help us to let go of things like anxiety, things like stress, things like depression, things that we feel like are holding us back from even getting to a place where we want to push in with you. Despite those things, let us take that one step in faith and, and, and start to build your house one stone at a time, one brick at a time, whatever it takes, Lord. I ask that you would really just speak to us that you would fill us with your love and your peace and your joy and I, I pray lord that we would move forward something would have shifted this morning something would have changed 
and we will find ourselves in a completely new direction but a direction led by you and exactly where you want us to go this morning in your mighty name amen amen um, sorry just before can i ask that if you want specific prayer for anything feel free to come to the front we'll pray for you but otherwise craig can just end the meeting but otherwise there's coffee that's going to be served please stay around have for a time of just interaction fellowship uh, we trust you. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you next next week. <laughs>